Hello, friends. This week's episode is sponsored by Be Love Revolution, a dynamic ministry focused on helping middle and high school, college, and young adult women know the personal and transformative love of Jesus and empowering them to be God's love in the world today. Be Love Revolution desires to personally accompany young women on their journey of faith through one-on-one mentoring and discipleship. The mission of Be Love Revolution is expressed in three simple ways. Be His, to help young women meet Jesus and grow in a lifelong relationship with Him. Be free to help young women live freely and confidently in their identity as beloved daughters of God. Be love to equip and empower young women to be God's love in the world today. Be Love Revolution leads weekly Bible studies, adoration nights, small groups, retreats, service and mission opportunities, and collaborates with two high schools and four middle schools for ongoing evangelization and discipleship. Every August, Be Love Revolution hosts Pine Hills Girls Camp, where more than 200 middle schoolers and a staff of 100 young women from Michigan and beyond gather for a life-changing and unforgettable week. Be Love Revolution operates in cooperation with Renewal Ministries, a Catholic ministry of evangelization and renewal throughout the world. Head to BeLoveRevolution.com for more information and join the revolution of love. I've personally witnessed this ministry in action, led by our dear friend, Debbie Herbeck. It is amazing to see young women come alive with the love of Jesus and desire to offer their God-given genius to the world. Check it out, BeLoveRevolution.com. God bless. Well, hello, dear friends, and welcome to Season 12 of the Abiding Together podcast, we are so excited to be back with you for another season. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. And we have people from all over the world on this walk together, and you are most, most welcome. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I'm joined by two of my very dearest friends, Michelle Benzinger and Heather Kim, and we speak about what the Lord is doing in our life the movements of the Holy Spirit, what is breaking our hearts, what is healing us, and where the Lord is leading us to deeper relationship with Him. So wherever you find yourself today, wherever that is, you are most welcome. So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. Before we begin, we want to invite you to join us for our Lenten book study. So you still have two weeks before we start Lent. So if you want to join us for Be Transformed, which is about the healing power of the sacraments, please grab the book. You can get it from Novalis in Canada, Ave Maria Press here in the United States. You can find it on Amazon. You can also get Kindle version or an ebook version, but we would love to have you. So we're going to start that series on February 20th. So you still have a couple weeks. Follow our social media accounts for the book, the the week-by-week walkthrough that we're going to do, and we can't wait. So that's very important. So that was like your public service announcement for the week. (laughs) That was really good. I mean, good job. (laughs) Heather and Michelle, we're going to talk about idols today. We're going to talk about who do you love? That's what we're going to talk about. Um, (laughs) Or what do you love? Right now, I'm loving my Kiefer drink. Maybe some of our listeners are like, (laughs) idols. Well, can we talk about what happened to this episode? Can we just talk about that for a second? Like, we recorded this episode last week and experienced, for the first time, really, which is shocking, a total malfunction of pretty much everything and lost the entire episode. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm like, we were all all praying about that. We're like, all right, Lord, what are you you saying there? You know? Yeah. What was going on? I mean, it Mm -hmm. seemed like everything was against us that Mm -hmm. morning. Yes, mm-hmm. mainly me, and so is my <laughs> That's not true. Mainly Michelle slash Job over there. <laughs> yeah, over here. I was like, okay, and I just kept on saying, blessed be the name of the Lord. Here we go. Mm-hmm. All right. But it was like one thing after another. And so, yeah, 
But we are back we and are we are back, back. Yeah, from outer space. Yes. yes. Here we yeah. are. We're surviving. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, though, can we just ask your poor washing machine, Michelle? I've never in the history of my life ever heard of anything that's happening. Like, did they get the door open? No, I'm still waiting on the guy. That's what I was just looking to see if he <laughs> oh was doing. Gosh. I've been four you days without washing. Clothes me. in there. So yes. tell, oh us what, tell everybody what happened because it's just <sighs> bizarre. So I have an electronic, you know, washing machine like a sensor and the lid locked and then it started doing a malfunctioning signal on the computer, but the lid is locked. So it will not let me open with wet towels in it. Thank God it is cold. Like cold. And ours is like in our mudroom outside. So it's cold. So it's not like hot and sticky, but four days, people, four days without a washing machine. And so, I mean, I know these are total first world problems, but it's those little things, you know, you're just like, oh, come on, come on. And so, yeah, but I will probably be purchasing a new washing machine after this, but hopefully he can fix it soon and get those nasty towels out. And my husband's out of town, so he comes back today. So it's those kind of things where you're like, oh, mm. but we will survive the idol mm. of a washing machine. Here we go. <laughs> so, yeah, we're starting with that. We're starting with that. All right, friends. So for our time together, we are going to use a scripture passage from Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 24 to 27. And a lot of us are very familiar with it. So we're just going to allow the Holy Spirit, even as we talk about these things, to just illumine whatever the Holy Spirit wants to illumine. So it says, for God says, I will take you back out of your nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and have you move to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And also from C.S. Lewis, uh, from his sermon, The Way of Glory, He says, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. So, with those light openings... (laughs) Nothing says welcome like a (laughs) soft intro like that. Exactly. But it's so so good. It's so good. It's so good. All right. So Heather, what you got for us as we kind of walk into these places? Mud pies in a slum. Mm. That's it right there. Gosh, it's so true. I just think we settle. We often settle for much less than what God offers us. And, And we can get into this idea that even in the back of our mind or subconsciously that it's just like about the doing, you know, like our, my faith, my religion is about the doing and just like changing behavior or like the whatever, the form, the action, the whatever that might be instead of like, no, it's about the heart. It's really about the heart. It's about intimacy with God and and often how often we settle for less than the full life that Jesus offers to us. Like in John 10, 10, when he says, I came that you might have life and have to the full. And often it's like, we think he's saying, I came that you might have life and get your act together, you know, <laughs> or like change your behavior more. Or I came that you might have a mediocre life that <laughs> we think that what he has to offer is not as good as some of the things we can get ourselves. And I think this topic of idols for me God has really brought it to the forefront. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, my word is totally fire for the year. And and I talked about this a little bit, that a lot of this started with the idea of idols. 
and that it's so easy for us to look at everybody else or everything else that's going on in the church. And there's a lot of failures that are visible right now that we can see and point out. And that that makes us feel really good about ourselves, you know. Mm-hmm. But how often are we turning it back saying, Lord, please burn down the idols that are within me? Mm-hmm. And we had this parish priest a few years ago. He was from India. And during his time with us, he went back to India for a while. And when he came back, he said, yeah, and there was one night where we, we just started talking about idols. And I and I told them, you know, like that Jesus is the king and he's going off, like just, just saying about like God being the only one, the only God. And he said, literally people left, went to their homes, gathered up all of their physical idols that they had in India, like all of these different figures and things that represented various gods. And he said, I said, what'd you do? And he said, they brought them back and we burned them. And I'm like, this guy is just like a little, like five foot nothing, you know? I'm like, you just burned it down, you know? And that's like a really exciting story to hear. But again, like, am I willing to burn down the things of my own heart? Because it comes to the question of, like you said at the beginning, who do I love? Mm -hmm. Who do I love the most? What do I love the most? Mm -hmm. How am I ordering the loves in my own heart? Am I even taking the time to think about it? You know, Mm -hmm. Michelle, what Mm -hmm. are some of your first thoughts? Yeah, when we're talking about idols, I think one of the things the Lord's convicted me so much of, because as our listeners know, like it has been a a season of grieving for me. Like I lost my father and I just lost my grandfather two weeks ago, who I was extremely close with. And then I fractured and broke my foot. And so I, you know, I'm not able to walk like I usually do. I'm wearing a boot and I'm just like, okay, Lord, kind of like St. Teresa of Avila, this is how you treat your friends. No wonder you have (laughs) such few, you know? But all in jest, but I think what the Lord has taught me more than anything is where do I go to for comfort? Mm. Do I allow the Lord to comfort me in times of pain or do I go to areas where I can just numb out? Do I go to him first? Is he, you know, like seek first the kingdom of God and we'll all, and I realized that these are subtle, like they're not bad within themselves, the things I go to, but I want to distract I want to do anything that I can to avoid pain at all costs. And I think that's what the Lord is teaching me instead of like avoiding pain to walk through the pain, but allow him to be my comfort through the pain and not avoid it, but to go through it with him as my comforter. It was so funny. Like even at the beginning of this year, I was like, okay, you know, I not like a huge person with sugar, but I'm like, all right, I'm just cutting out sugar. But sugar is like one of the things, like if I'm having a stressful day, like, and I know it's something that when I say I deserve, like I'll start my, I deserve a piece of this or I deserve, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with it per se, but when you know you're supposed to be like, I had a really rough day and that's all I wanted. I just wanted something from my favorite bakery. And Mm -hmm. I just really felt convicted by the Holy Spirit. Will you let me comfort you in this moment and come to you and be your source? And I was even thinking about it like in in terms of attachment style, like, will I allow the Lord to see me, really see me and allow myself to be seen? Of course, he sees me in my discomfort. Mm -hmm. Will I allow him to soothe me in this discomfort? Mm -hmm. Will I allow him to be my security and safety in this discomfort? And it's just flipped everything on on its head for me in the last couple of weeks. Allow myself to uh, walk through these places, these hard places with him and not to numb myself out. Yeah, but it's convicting and it's kind of painful. And you realize Mm -hmm. what you put before the Lord. What about you, sister? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I think it is. I think it is easy for us to kind of look at idols, and we read about that in the Bible. And people had literal idols, and and you do see that, like you're saying, Heather, in, in cultures today. But I think all of us have our little collection of things we turn to other than God to save us. 
Like, what am I going to other than God to save me? And I just was thinking even of the word idol. If you look it up in the dictionary, it says an image of a deity other than God, uh, a figment of the mind, a fantasy, a false conception or a notion a fallacy, which is so different than an icon, which is an icon is also a representation, but it represents the object by virtue of like an analogy to it. So it's connected to. So like an idol is what am I looking for? What am I putting in the place of God? What am I looking for something other than God to save me versus an icon, which is a window? It's a window into it doesn't take the place of and it's it's an opening of the heart. And I, the Lord has led me, I would say in the last year, especially to when I go to confession to start confessing idolatry, the places where I have idolized myself, I've idolized other people, I've idolized image or comfort or whatever that is. And Dr. Bob Schutz, who we're going to have on in a couple of weeks uh, when we start walking through his book for Lent in his healing the whole person workbook he and this was very convicting for me i remember when i first started studying it but it just got it just goes deeper it's so wonderful and he talks about the seven deadly sins you know we talk about you know the pride envy gluttony lust anger greed and sloth he said each one of them has a correlating idolatry to it which is a very interesting way of looking at it so when we're turning to these things or fractions of these things fragments like what am i making a god what am i turning to to save me so he talks about how pride is the idolatry of self, envy, the idolatry of status or possessions, gluttony, the idolatry of food or drink, lust, the idolatry of sex or relationship or beauty, anger, the idolatry of control, greed, the idolatry of security or wealth, and sloth, the idolatry of comfort. And like you're saying, Michelle, there's nothing wrong with you know st status or possessions or food or sexual relationships within the context of marriage or you know in a sense of like having an order to life. There's nothing wrong with any of that, but it, when it takes the place of God and when we turn to that other than God to save us, that's where things become fragmented and disordered, and and that's where all these other things spring up: hardness of heart. And you just see it throughout the Old Testament. I mean, it's it's all of us. You know, all of us live like that. Yeah, for for me, framing it in the love relationship with mm -hmm. God. And it's mm -hmm. like, what do I love more? You know, who do I love more? That's where it starts to tug on my heart. Because if I just think about an idol, I go, mm, hard to see, you know, because mm -hmm. some of them I've dressed up to look like really part part of my little home here in my heart. Mm -hmm. like I've dressed them up. They look kind of nice. It's like, no, that's not really an idol. I would like to like mm -hmm. justify that away. It's like, mm -hmm. that's just something I do sometimes, or that's just something I, you know, like, that's not that bad. Like, it's easy to minimize. But when I look at it in light of like, God has made a covenant with us. Mm -hmm. He desires like a marriage relationship with us. This mm -hmm. is the whole like open up to the song of songs. Hello. Like there he is, you know, the bridegroom like coming out like in in full force with his pursuit of our hearts. And and then I think like I've made vows to Jake. I'm a married woman. You know, I know what that means to like stand by Jake, to hold those vows with me in good times and in bad and sickness and in health. When I walk into other rooms with other people, that those vows and this ring that I wear on my finger dictate in a way, like because I've submitted to them and given my whole heart to them, the way that I will act and won't act, the things that I will mm -hmm. attach to and the things that I won't attach to because I'm keeping those vows. And when I look at my relationship with Christ through that lens and say, am I keeping my vow? Is he the one, the the like the only, my one and only? Or are there other things that actually I go to more than him that, that I might confess with my lips that, yeah, Jesus, you're the one, 
but actually other things are the one. Other people are the one. My family might be the one, or or even the things I do at church might be more important than my actual relationship with Jesus. There's so many things that I substitute, and that reflection for me has been, wow, hard. But when you look at it through that lens, it's actually more painful. Mm-hmm. There's a sorrow that comes mm-hmm. with it. Because it's not just like, ah, oh, shoot, I feel bad and I feel shame and I want to hide, you know, mm-hmm. because I've failed in some way. It's more like, oh, oh, this hurts, Lord. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Because I have a sorrow that I haven't loved you well in mm-hmm. the way that that you so deserve, you know. And then and then knowing like the hope is that that doesn't have to stay that way. <laughs> it doesn't have yeah. to stay that way. Mm-hmm. That things can be reordered again, you know. Mm-hmm. So good. And I realized when you think about, okay, like why did the Israelites build the golden calf? They built the golden calf because they couldn't find Moses. Moses was up on the hill, up on the mountain. And they're like, where's Moses? Like we can't do without him. So let's build a golden calf. One Mm -hmm. is because we don't trust God that he'll come through. Did God really say we're back in the garden again in Eden? Two, we don't like to wait. We don't like Mm -hmm. to, we are not patient people. We want that instant. We want that dopamine fix, like whatever it is. And I think right now, one of the biggest things, I think we're in an age of distraction. Like, I just think if you look around and see people like they're, they're looking down usually at their phones instead of looking up. And I realized that that one of the most, the things the Lord is really convicting me about idols and allowing him to comfort me is that I've almost been deprived of the awe of God. Like I'm on a deficit, like I am deficient right now and just his majesty and his allness. And the way, one of the ways the Lord speaks to me is through beauty and truth and goodness, but really beauty. And he is almost like Heather, like, I feel like I've almost heard his heart. Like I'm like vitamin deficient in the allness of God. Like he wants to come through with me and to really realize that. And to realize this, if he is allowing me to wait for something, if I can't see something or I have to go through with something that I think that that if I'm having to wait or be patient for something that I'm deprived of something and the Lord is really teaching me right now. I'm not deprived that something is incubating. It is down under, it is gestating. It is like a seed or the Holy spirit is brooding over something to create something good. And I realized, like I said last week on the podcast, like by one thing was the olive tree. That darn olive tree has taught me a lot of things mm. because the olive, to create olive oil, it is the crushing, it is the pressing, but it takes time. Mm-hmm. But that with that time and that crushing, whether it be oil or whatever, that's what when the new wine and the new oil comes. But oftentimes we start to get crushed and we're like, uh, get me off that threshing floor. Let me go do something else. And the Lord's like, please, if I have not in your timetable, it is because that I have something more for you that more than you can even possibly imagine and to trust really that he has the best for me and it will be awesome. And in other words, like awe inspiring sister, what are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, there are just so many things, I think large and small. And I love the continued reframing that you're both are inviting us to, which is the the framing of the beloved and the lover because that's really where, I mean, you just think of the people that you love the most, like the two of you. I love you guys so much and I would never want to hurt you. Like I, I wouldn't, I don't want to hurt you. And if you came to me and said, Hey, you know, can I talk to you about this? Like, this is really hurtful. Like I, I would, I would want to take that to heart. I wouldn't want to do anything that would damage our friendship or your hearts or your relationship with God or anything in your life. Like I only want what is best for you. And, and that's such a different way of looking at things than a lot of times I think we are still 
many, many times I, I see this in surprising ways in myself, kind of still operating in a paradigm of God to of slave to master. Mm-hmm. And okay, don't do that, or you're gonna, you know, and and of course there's objective error, objective sin and wrong. Of course there is. But the Lord sees that in the framework of the one he loves. Mm-hmm. That he he loves us. And you know, like St. Julian of Norwich says, when God sees our sin, he sees our pain. Mm-hmm. And he sees that it's sick, the sickness that it causes us. And and he'll be with us, like, you know, Peter on the shore of the sea. Like, he's going to be with us in when we go back to fishing or when we, you know, turn away or he's going to be with us. And, but in that he knows what's, he knows where the real catch is, so to speak. Like, he's always hearkening us back to him. And mm-hmm. so I think that's really, I think that's just so important for us, which I, it's, it's deeper because it goes into our, the depths of our being. And, and we're speaking about the areas of worship. Like, what, what are my loves ordered toward? Like, Jesus order my loves and my loves are rightly ordered. And that's the fine tuning of, that's the fine tuning of this life. It's not just so I can be right. Cause I think that's another thing we can make an eye out of is like, if I'm right or my opinion or my, how I appear to other people that those can easily become other idols where Jesus, he doesn't live like that. He lives naked and vulnerable and his heart is open and he's in, he's just inviting us to live that way, which is, yeah, that's a stunning truth of who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it is so often that we go to these other things because we're in pain or mm-hmm. we're afraid mm-hmm. or we feel shame. Like there's underlying conditions yes. that are that are happening in our hearts. Most of them we can't perceive to the fullness of what they are that drive us to these things. And and I think one of the reasons why I don't often go to God first in those moments is because I'm afraid he won't come through. Mm-hmm. That he actually won't give me relief. <laughs> and that's what I'm craving the most. That's what I think I need the most. And often that that might not be what I need, actually. The relief of pain isn't the goal. Even healing isn't the goal. It's it's intimacy with him. And I had a really tangible experience of this. I don't know if I shared this yet on this podcast, so pardon if I, if I already did. I'm sorry. But I was in a counseling session and uh, we were just, <laughs> it was all coming out. Like it was all, there was papers all over the floor. It was like all these things that are, that had been buried in my heart were just like out there. And I was like, oh man, like, I mean, the, the pain that I was feeling mm-hmm. and the intensity and the heartache and the sorrow, it was, it was very, very intense. And as I walked out of the room, What I would normally do is, you know, I would be like, where am I going to find the quickest avenue of comfort first? You know, normally food is a go-to for me because it's quick, it's easy, it's something I can control, it's, you know, whatever it might be. Or Mm -hmm. I'm going to distract myself, I'm going to put music on, I'm going to just try to get out of like what I'm thinking and distract myself. Like those are two easy avenues for me. But as I walked to the car and I got into the car, I was so overwhelmed by the presence of God. It's like what I thought was going to be a wave of like depression, anxiety, pain, like more pain. Mm -hmm. It was like the God's presence just sheltered me from this wave. Mm -hmm. And I sat there in the car and I couldn't, I couldn't move really. I was just like, almost like resting in his presence in the spirit, being sheltered from this wave of whatever I thought was coming. And I was Mm -hmm. like, it was like he was giving, he was just giving it to me. It's like, I didn't choose it. It was beyond that. He just gifted it to me so I could see, oh, this is what it's like before I run to an idol. If I actually Mm -hmm. like come to him with this, like that this is what he Mm -hmm. wants to offer. And it doesn't always have to do with our feelings. I don't want to like lead people to thinking that God is always going to just like come through our feelings. But there's something about when we turn to him and allow him to actually meet us in our need 
how much greater that is because it actually touches the place we need them the most. You know, it's not like a surface Band-Aid. It's actually going to the core mm-hmm. of who we are and what we need. And so it was, a, it was like a great experience, but also a teaching moment for me of like, like Heather, don't forget to just like go, go to him first, like let him love you, you know, let him be who he is for you here instead of putting something in his place. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things the Lord is just really convicting me of is when I've made people into idols instead of icons or image bearers. And especially like for my children take, for instance, you know, I realize like it is a continuous because of my past story. One of the things I fall into is like hypervigilance. You know, I'll say not mm-hmm. on my watch will this happen. Not you mm-hmm. make these vows and these mm-hmm. vows end up biting you in the butt because totally. they actually constrict you and they don't bring freedom. And it is the continuous of putting you know, when I can tell, like when I am gripped, like Chris will often ask me when we're doing a parenting situation, you know, are we parenting out of fear or are we parenting out of faith, Michelle? And usually I want to give a smart aleck remark to Chris, like, do you want to be quiet or whatever? But, you know, he's totally <laughs> right. Like he is right in that. Like, am I like, I, and you know, you know, in your gut, the difference when you're parenting out of faith or fear, because I'm, I can go to like worst case scenario really quickly. in a lot of times, and it is a continuous thing, like especially when I go to mass is I will put my kids like visually like praying wise. And I visually, you know, in my mind, like I'm putting them on the altar. I consecrate and I give over and I list all my children's names, you know, in this situation, in this situation. And it's funny, one of the questions I've started asking my kids, especially the ones that are not in my house anymore, is how can I pray for you this week? And mm. I like to hear what their reply is. And actually, mm. Dr. Mary Ruth Hackett was one that gave me this idea. And I love to hear what they say. And so they'll text me back and say, that, you know, and some are very specific, more, some are more general. And so I'll say, like, how can I pray for you this week? Okay. And then I will text them or voice memo back. Okay, this is what I felt like when I prayed for you for this. And it's this connection between the two of them. But it's a reminder for me also, like one of the times when I was really like visually in my mind praying, like, okay, I'm putting this child on the altar, this child on the altar. Is I rib- it's like the Holy Spirit reminds me, Heather, what you were saying. I felt his presence so strongly. Like, okay, we are co-creating these children together. They're not mine. They're the Lord's. Mm. And so, and it's almost like giving him back the heavy lifting and giving him permission, the Holy Spirit permission to co-create with me. It's almost like I realized, oh my gosh, I've taken your rights and permission away in a lot of times. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's all on me. And like, okay, Holy Spirit, you have full permission and access. Let's do this together. And there's like a peace that comes with that. When we actually, no one wants to be on a pedestal. Everyone wants to be human and flesh. No one wants Mm -hmm. to be an idol. They're all stony. They're not very comforting. No one wants to hug that. So, <laughs> no one wants to hug that. <laughs> Sister, what are your thoughts? <laughs> well, you know, and ultimately, you know, C.S. Lewis will say elsewhere the idols eventually break their worshipers because no yep. person, isn't that so? We've That's all done, so we've all done that. Like, we've all turned to something or someone and it just crushes us and it crushes like the other person. It crushes, mm-hmm. you put the weight, an impossible weight on somebody just an impossible weight on somebody and or something. And it's not meant to bear the glory of who we are. And, and when we love in an ordered way, when God does that, like our lives flow. And I think even for myself, just like, which comes out of my own massive trauma response, my own deep abandonment wounds has been really the idol of codependence or the idol of fixing other people. So I'm okay. Like a mm-hmm. peacekeeper, not a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many times that was easier that was quote unquote easier than facing the deep discomfort of rupture or conflict or 
letting other people, cause you know, if you're okay, then I'm okay. Right. So it's like letting other people own their own stories. You know, it's so easy to get, you know, a fixer. And that has been an incredibly long journey of allowing the Lord to be with me in those places of extreme rupture within myself, like extreme dysregulation of wanting to, yeah, at all cost, make sure everything else is okay. So I'm okay. And the Lord is like coming to the deep places in me saying, no, I, you've never left me. Like you are, mm-hmm. like Joshua Elsner says that you are cradled unceasingly in the arms of perfect mm-hmm. love. Mm. And that not just telling myself, it is just telling myself, but it's also letting myself feel that I can't even tell you that has been a profound and a journey that still continues to this day of like, my first instinct is like, oh, let me, let me make it better for you. Let me, you know, and the Lord's like, that's, you can't be God for other people. You you mm-hmm. cannot be God for other people. That is not your job. And you let me do that. You know, mm-hmm. and so yeah, just like the other end of the spectrum too, is like, ooh, Lord, you love, <laughs> yeah, you love me. Thank you. Just thank you. Yeah. Mm. I just want to honor what what you all are sharing right now. Like this is, you know, like you can't just share stuff like this, this that is so deep and vulnerable and um, places of disruption within our own hearts, like without already knowing there's something better. Mm -hmm. It's the only reason, like as I'm listening to you both share and you're like sharing so intimately of the things within your own heart that have been out of order, you know, in God's love. It's only because you've experienced what's better that you're able to share that with with some level of ease. It's like I want to draw out one this is sacred places that we're sharing and also it speaks to the great love of God that there is more than all of the things that we normally go to. That there's more. And 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 that's really the message that I want our listeners to hear this morning is like that first quote from C.S. Lewis, you know, this mud pies at a slum. That's mm-hmm. it. Like we are, we are settling all over the place uh, for that instead of the feast. And I think as we're approaching Lent so quickly, you know, this is like the best time to like mm-hmm. let's take it, let's take a look a little deeper under the surface here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And I think like looking at it, like all of us have these responses trauma responses where we fight, flight, freeze, you know, we just feel like we're frozen. And I was listening to one of the, my classes the other day and she said, really, there should be another one called fake where we're a people pleaser. Are we fake it's it? Fun. I'm fine. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she said, you know, like where I'm fine, I'm fine. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. Like I'm okay. Like where we almost make like being okay and idle, you know, and we don't want to allow people to see like our weakness or our vulnerability or all the other mm-hmm. things. Or we go to the extreme where we complain about everything, where everything oh, is so all true. detrimental yep. or everything mm-hmm. is such a deal or a drama. I think we go back to both extremes or we could just be in the middle holding that tension where the whole Christian life is living in that tension and that paradox. I am crushed, but I'm being restored. Mm-hmm. I am. I can hold joy and sorrow at the same time. I can hold this and this. And I think one of the lessons that I think I'm learning in the season, like when there is darkness, you see the light so much brighter Mm -hmm. and I can hold joy and sorrow at the same time. And I don't have to Mm -hmm. swing to these extremes. I can hold Mm -hmm. them in tension and that's the beauty of it. And so that I can love people as they are and I don't have to fix them sister. Like that's like Mm -hmm. one of my biggest things, but I equated fixing with love. And just mm-hmm. instead of like fixing being or just allowing people to be themselves. But to, for me to allow people to be themselves, I have to allow me to be myself. Mm-hmm. 
and all of my weaknesses and strengths, which I think is the harder lesson to learn. I mean, I think mm-hmm. we've made idols of ourselves in ways or our oh, co- definitely. and just the areas that like we've been able to function. And the, like you were saying though, Heather, like the Lord is such a gentle lover though. And he has this covenant mm-hmm. where he's like, honey, let me just take that from you. I've got this. I've got this. You're like, you're tired. Like he's like, you're tired. Let me carry it. Mm-hmm. And it is like almost like a, I had the image. I was watching this little girl at Target the other day and she had the diaper bag. And so she's probably like two and a half, three, and she's carrying this huge diaper bag, you know, and it's like dragging and knocking her over and all this kind of stuff. And their mom's like, honey, let me carry it. No, I got it. I got it. I carry, I carry. And the mom's like, give me the diaper bag, honey. Like you're falling, like you're falling over. You're going to hurt yourself. No, I got it. I got it. It's like one of those times where I felt like the Holy Spirit whispered, that's you, Michelle. You're the two-year-old. Like he's like, hand it over. I have it. And you're like, I got it, Lord. I got it. Even though I'm like falling over, about to take down a whole display of everything else, (laughs) you know? And, but that's how he sees me too, as this beautiful little child that you want to just wrap up in your arms, like you were saying, Heather. So, yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of this quote from um, St. Elizabeth of Hungary that uh, Debbie Herbeck recently shared with me. And it says, let yourself be vulnerable. Let your walls down, your carefully constructed fortresses breached, your fiercely guarded heart laid bare. Let your wounds be touched, your fears revealed, your deepest desires, damaged dreams, and most daring hopes unveiled before the bridegroom, who has the power to redeem restore and resurrect them. Drop your independence in the idea which you clutch so tightly that you can do anything to protect and save yourself and let him love you. Mm. Mm. Dang, mic drop. Okay, we can leave it there. Can you 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 post that? Can you post that quote, Heather? That's so gorgeous. Mm. Yeah, for sure. We'll have it in the show notes for Mm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what it comes down to, right? It's like, can we just let allow all the substitutions to be removed so that Jesus can actually come and love us in the places mm-hmm. that we're so desperate for him? Yeah. Mm. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, as we kind of sit in that, that's a lot. That's such beautiful. Yeah, I think we're all going to sit with that this week and just pray and let the Holy Spirit bring to our hearts what he wants to say to each one of us. Do we want to, yeah, talk about our one things for the week? Michelle, would you like to... Share your one things with the listeners. Uh, yes. So I have a couple of one things as usual. One is Amy Hayes Arts. I have these beautiful images that she gave, and they're similar to what I was talking about. One is just talking about the father's love, and it's a little girl and a sheep, and they're lying next to each other looking at it. And it's just this beautiful representation of the Lord as my shepherd. And another one is a little girl lying under the protection of a huge father bear Mm. and just the protection of the Lord. And her artwork is beautiful. She's done a lot of different artwork and things, but I just love both of those and those stickers. And another one is a song by Amanda Cook as Comforter, you Mm. know, just allowing the Holy Spirit to be our comforter. And another song, Judah and the Lion, which is a more funkier song, and it's called Revival. But he, the song, they're talking about giving up control, like, and that mm. what brings revival. And the last thing is um, Sister Miriam and I are doing an event with Blessed Is She, their uh, retreat on the Song of Songs with our good friend Father John Burns and Jenna Gizar and Beth Davis and all of that. And it would be perfect if Heather was there, but she will not. <laughs> but the we will be there, but it'll be February, I think, 23rd, 24th. I can't remember. 
one of those February weekends in there. But they are sold out in Phoenix, but they have it's an the 17th and 18th. Yeah. 17th and 18th things. Mm-hmm. They're sold out, but they have an option to go virtual. And mm. so if you need a personal retreat or if mm. it's something that you want to grab with a bunch of girlfriends and do your retreat, there is that option to watch That's it awesome. from your home. And just gra- and that way you can stay in pajamas and do it. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where, do, where do people go to find out more about that? I will retreat? post a link for the virtual retreat in our show notes. Hello. So my first thing, just a little love song to Jesus by Stephanie Gretzinger. This version by her, she didn't write it, but it's called As the Deer. Mm. Oh, it's just so sweet. It was on repeat on my in my car for like many, many months. It's just such a sweet song. That whole album actually is just incredible. A lot of a lot of songs sung in churches for many years. And then my other one thing is uh, Father John Burns has a book coming out for Lent called Return. And mm-hmm. if you want to be a total keener and do Be Transformed and Father John's book Return, <laughs> you can check that out at Ave Maria Press. I love Father John. What an mm-hmm. articulate lover of Jesus. <laughs> I just, I think he is such a gift to the church. So mm-hmm. you can check that out, friends. Yeah. yeah, sister. How awesome. about you? He's very dear. Yes, that's going to be a great book study too. Really outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, my one thing for the week is a very simple novena called the Surrender Novena, and it was written by an Italian priest who was once the spiritual director, Father Padre Pio. And really, the heart of the refrain is there's intentions and kind of a really honest assessment of offering your heart to Jesus every day. It's so beautiful, and then the refrain of the novena every day. You pray, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. And I just can't tell you, yeah, just how often I, throughout the day, just pray that, like pray that prayer when I'm feeling anxious or just in the quiet moments or when things are coming about in my heart or like, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. And and he does. So if that novena would bless you, I just want to bless you with that. Awesome. Well, dear friends, thank you so much for joining us this week. And we are just all going to walk with the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit open our hearts to deeper love of God and others. So until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend and leave us a review? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful coffee mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Body Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through the Patreon website, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member. 
and you will receive bonus content every month, such as recipes, music playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information at patreon.com slash abidingtogetherpodcast. Thank you so much, and God bless you.